2: if you dare.
5: This is the best of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon on Fox Sports Radio.
0: Today in the NFL, everybody is still reeling over some of the big stories from a day ago. Tom Brady's return, Aaron Rodgers and the Joe Rogan podcast still makes headlines. But I think my favorite story today was Kyle Shanahan and the shock that he made sure to convey to all of us that... Jimmy Garoppolo is still on the team. I can't believe after all of these trials and tribulations, we were able to keep Jimmy Garoppolo. It's amazing he's going to be on the team backing up Trey Lance. Here's a Niners head coach today uh, feeding you a bunch of stuff.
6: We were always clear to Jimmy that him salary cap wise and stuff in a backup role um, and supporting Trey in that. And if if that worked for him, that was a no-brainer for us. We just didn't think the chances of that were going to happen, and it ended up being that way. So when it was all said and done, even though it was pretty shocking to us, we thought it was a win-win for both sides.
0: So it's shocking. I can't believe it. Okay, first of all, let me tell you this is a load of crap, and we were right when we told you six weeks ago the Niners' plan is to keep Garoppolo, only to make it seem like... They want to trade him. They want to keep him because they're still not sold on Trey Lance, and they want to be able to go to Garoppolo if the season gets out of control and Trey Lance stinks. They're not going to let Trey Lance play six, seven, eight weeks through his mistakes. They'll let him play two or three weeks, and if he's not good, they'll go back to Garoppolo. They're not going to punt on the season because the roster is too good. But let me just say, the reasons you know they're full of crap, and they only wanted to make it seem like they wanted to trade Garoppolo. You have him the end of the year, and he goes on, and, and, and he gets hurt. He plays all the way through the season. Then he has shoulder surgery. Was he ever offered to anybody? All right, Kyle Shanahan said, we told Jimmy, if nothing materialized, we'd love to have you back. How did absolutely nothing materialized for Jimmy Garoppolo over the course of the past seven months. Nothing materialized. Not one thing. Not one team we heard was calling the Niners about Garoppolo. Not one team that we thought, hey, it was all projection by us. Hey, this is a good fit for Jimmy Garoppolo. This isn't. Jimmy Garoppolo's well sought after in the offseason. Uh, the Niners know what the going rate for a quarterback is like Garoppolo. Was he really available or did the Niners hold such a high price for him thinking that, well, if someone wants to wants to pay that, all right, We'll trade him, but really, no one's going to pay it, so we'll get to keep him. We're only going to make it seem like he's available because the price they wanted was so ridiculous. How is there no interest, Mike? No, and he's a quarterback that people would want to come in. Hey, you could be a big bridge guy. You could be a bridge guy for us. Maybe you're someone. If we don't have a quarterback, we'll sign you for a two year deal. Jimmy Garoppolo is one. He's played okay. Many teams would, but now nobody was interested. How is nobody, how is there no interest level across the board for Garoppolo in the last seven months?
2: Yeah, I mean, there may be that asking price being too high. I'll give that a, a little bit of credence but the way Shanahan has spoken about the situation was that because even a couple of weeks ago I was like well there was nothing on the radar. Well well hold on. are you getting full information from Lynch? are you having this dialogue mm-hmm. as to what is and isn't happening? obviously you got enough to say, hey Jimmy's not on the practice field. So whatever reality was going on there, but just the specter of him throwing next to <laughs> next to Trey Lance, you know, where we get those cool shots of all the quarterbacks throwing together in a line. I mean, We didn't get that. We were cheated of that in our our B-roll out of 49ers camp. But you're, you're telling me that the front office has given you no indication that there was a trade offer for you to at least chime in on? You know, Nothing. what do you think? Nothing. Evaluation. Or, or you just you have no say in that whatsoever, which I really find hard to believe. And, and, so and, many and not even sh- a,
0: and not even a, we're not getting good offers. Like that's the you would get that from the Niners. Hey, we we're open to we want to help Jimmy out, but we're not getting good offers. They, they, that's how you juice the offers up. Hey, you guys got to come up with stuff. Not even that for Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, but the not other part,
2: the other part that goes into it is like yeah, having him back and all, all of that is all fine and good. Getting him to restructure and and give up all that money. That's like a recent no, that's massaged over a long period of time. That's not a, an 11th hour. Oh, by the way, hey, here's what we could do. I've got another idea. <laughs> no, no, no. That that one is hey, massaged. Mike Harmon's got an idea. As you're watching Trey Lance in practice and no maybe no huge offer and it, there might have been, you know, some smattering of of inquiries but coming off a shoulder surgery he didn't get. He didn't throw until what? Late June, right? By all estimates. Yeah. So, teams were trying to make decisions draft time and in in the weeks thereafter, knowing what Jimmy has been, but then having that discussion of all right, what if he's not even that? Because depending on who you talk to, people say scouts love or hate Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. There's no real in between for yeah. him. Yeah. You're either on board and say that he's a big reason. That Shanahan's machine runs with his win loss record, and you, or you throw that out, but you also dismiss the fact that Shanahan can't win without him.
0: Yeah. But no matter no matter what, even if half the league doesn't like him, there's some offer out sure. there for it. There's somebody. There's somebody out there for him. Well, there that had like, to at least be a bucket nothing, of balls. Nothing. Kind of offer. Not one. Not one whisper. Not one. Ian Rappaport sources say not one bit. Now, so enjoyed- how available? What did they? Did you really try to trade him? Did you really try to?
2: Well, he's here if the price is right.
0: Come and wow me. There was the same thing with Baker Mayfield. Who would you rather have, Jimmy Garoppolo or Baker Mayfield? They found a way to make Baker Mayfield work, and he had the same price tag on him. There was more talk. Hey, Baker Mayfield, if he gets let go, a trade, he could wind up here. There was more for Nothing uh, Brown, for Jimmy Browns Garoppolo. Are
2: paying, what, 10-5 of his salary, and now he, he wants to come in and blank them up uh, in week one. So he got that going for him. But with Baker Mayfield, maybe... Folks would think, "Hey, get him out of that situation, get a fresh start. That you can still coax something out, something more out of him." Whereas with Jimmy Garoppolo, perhaps the discussion, and he's also several years older, that you say, "All right, he's already hit his peak, and now it's a game manager in total." Whereas Baker can still, on occasion, and look, he's going to throw some erratic. Passes along the way, but he can throw around like his hair is on fire and maybe give you a, a little bit of extra juice. Whereas most would argue, and I think you've made the argument that Jimmy Garoppolo can't do that. No, you also wanted him in no a Patriots interest. uniform too.
0: Zero interest, really? Zero. Nobody. No, that's the thing. Somebody other team ha- have must have had but, interest. But that's if the other thing. really I, I on the trading block. I
2: also don't like the the verbiage used from Shanahan here because. Don't you want to sell the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo is still there? Other than, hey, we're happy he's still here. (laughs) No, no, no. Hell no. We we didn't get something that made us happy and comfortable getting you know, that price for Jimmy Grapple, I'd be selling the hell out of it. No, you didn't come up strong enough. He's a better player than that.
0: He was Shame never. Shame on all we of would you. Have even, we would have heard that. All the offers are bad. No one's calling with anything good. The best offer has been so such and such with a fourth-round pick, and, and we're, we're talking about this. Not one bit. So was he really offered around, or was this the plan all along was to say, oh, we shrug our shoulders and go, what do you want from me? I don't know what to tell you. We couldn't make a deal. So, hey, he just so happens to be here so we can go to him when Trey Lance stinks. Hey, and they figured out a way to do it again. It's master
2: And he's got a rock hammer that was hidden in his book the whole time. Just like the Shawshank Redemption to be able to break glass in case of emergency. Maybe I'll ask her. Oh, she's not saying anything.
0: <laughs> Stop the hammering. Twitter at How About a Fresca, Mike gets Swollen Dome, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. I am feeling much better about Baker Mayfield after a story today. Okay. I'm feeling much better about him. Uh, this story comes with courtesy NFL Network. their Around the League podcast. And Cynthia Freeland, who's been a longtime NFL reporter and insider. Doing a lot of numbers work yeah. for the network for years. On this podcast, they started uh, a conversation about Baker Mayfield. And she told a story about what Mayfield told her recently right before a game
6: i walked up to him like i'm so excited to see you like go you know i was like kick some butt kid no (laughs) go kick some butt especially week one i like cannot wait and he uses some expletives and i was like i just hope you're like he's like i'm gonna bleep them up depending
1: on who's listening to this and it's not four people like that could be a headline (laughs) uh across the nation tomorrow because he's not said that publicly the same way i'm gonna them up is that what his quote was was that what the quote was?
6: <laughs> I don't say curse words on air. I don't want to get. But told. was that
1: the quote? <laughs> yes. You can confirm.
0: That was the quote. That's Dan Hansus for a, a fellow Jet fan there on the NFL around the around the league podcast. So that was Cynthia Friedland saying before a game, "Good luck, go get him." Hey, good luck week one. He said, "I'm going to go f them up." That was Baker Mayfield, and this is why I feel better about him because. He's someone who, what did I always say was his biggest, his biggest fault? He needed to understand what it meant to be a quarterback in the National Football League. He came in like he still thought it was Oklahoma-Texas. Right, he still thought, I'd come into the NFL and, and treat all these games like it's Oklahoma-Texas, and I can't do that. I, I can't get involved in everything. I can't fight every single battle. I have to make sure that my life is about film and about prep and about leadership and not just want to stand in front of the cameras all the time and tell everybody, hey, I'm just a walk-on, look where I am right now. He didn't have the maturity that he needed to be that. This is why nobody comes into the league like that at quarterback. Nobody does, and nobody succeeds who comes in like that. You have to be a little bit different. You have to understand that certain things you check at the door because being a quarterback... You need to be able to pull off certain things. You if you could have a gra- I, that's why my personality would never work in an office. If I had to work nine to five, they would say you got to be button buttoned down in an office. Well, I don't want to be. That's not who I am. But but that's what an office is like. And you're really screwing up everybody else. If you don't come in and act business appropriate. But I'm not a business appropriate guy. It doesn't matter. That's what that's how offices function, and that's how they function to a high level. And we're about the functionality of this office at a high level. Baker Mayfield was about himself. Was about attention, and he did make the Browns relevant, but he didn't have the maturity needed to succeed in the position. That's what hurt him the entire time. And then what have I seen over the last few months while he's not been playing? While he's been dangled out there in trade talk, and the Browns go get another quarterback to replace him, he's pretty quiet. Doesn't say anything. Doesn't go on, do interviews, and and talk about how upset he is with the Browns, how bad the Browns treated him. He goes to the Carolina Panthers, and what does he say? I'm happy to be here. He has the battle with Sam Darnold. He wins the job. Does he gloat? Does he go crazy to say, get on my back, we're time to go? No, he doesn't do any of this. And even right here, this thing with Cynthia Freeland, this was a before-the-game, moment where he just said, yeah, I'm going to go F them up week one. Of course he's thinking that. Of course that's what anybody would think. But he didn't go public with this. The old Baker Mayfield would have got would've had a press conference day one in Carolina going, are you kidding? You think I don't have week one circled sure. against the Cleveland Browns? My aim is to come in here. Win. I love Sam. Sam Darnold's talented, but I'm winning this job and I can't wait for that game. This was a different Baker Mayfield, someone who has not said this publicly, as you heard in in the podcast. So, yeah, I like to think a little bit better of Mayfield now because he's learning his lesson that I need to do it a little bit differently if I'm going to be a leader and a quarterback. So, I feel a little bit better about him and better about the Panthers than I did even before. So, this is this is something, I give this a full check, I can't believe I'm doing this because I hardly ever do it, but I'm giving a full check mark to Baker Mayfield for this story, for this part right here.
2: Owing to our conversation of yesterday, and if you haven't listened to the podcast, what the hell did you do with those 24 hours? Uh, go to iTunes, uh, where wherever you get, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your audio downloaded, give it five stars, we'll love you forever. But the idea of having the best of both worlds, because he's got that saltiness, that chip on his shoulder that he's going to say it to somebody. He just didn't do it in front of a microphone. So you get it, because he's still letting it out there in select mm-hmm. company.
0: But here's the, but see, but here's my here's my issue with this now, because to, to to for for a different angle on this, is that if I'm him, I'm pretty pissed at Cynthia Freeland for saying this. Because he has clearly crafted a new I don't want to say image, but no, no, he wants but a, new start, it's a new start, So I'm not that. I'm not that same guy. I did not do this in an interview. I did not say this to you in any official capacity. It was right before a game. Hey, good luck because you know it's not official because she's telling him good luck. Go kick ass, right? That's not an official NFL reporter, NFL player. Back and forth this is not a sit down interview. Yeah, she's not really not a game. reporter
2: though. So right, she's but, the, more but this is still not a personnel not, and not, right.
0: numbers. But it's not kind of a thing, but but, but, it's, yeah. but it doesn't seem like it's not a professional. No, right. Ex, this is just so. a person to person exchange. Yes. And you know, Hey, good luck. Go you know go do well. I, I, I'm excited for you I'm, excited. I'm so happy for you. You can tell she's excited about him. Yeah, I'm gonna go f him up. And now this story is out there, and now it's up. Oh, here's Baker Mayfield, still the same old Baker Mayfield. I'm pissed if I'm him. I'm pissed. I'm going. Hey, I told you that just in like three seconds before a game. Hey, I'm excited. I'm going to go get him. Yeah, this is great. Uh, I, this this wasn't for air. This wasn't for you to say on the air. I'm kind of pissed if I'm him, and I'm wondering if, he, I wonder if there's been a conversation with him and the Panthers and NFL Network about, hey, that was something that Baker was talking to somebody he knew. That, that wasn't an official thing, and, and we're pretty una- I mean, what can you do? It's out there now, so you can't unring a bell, but this is where do you think you're going to get uh, access sideline to Baker Mayfield? think next time he wants to sit down and do an interview, he's going to do it with you, or we're going to call ESPN or Fox is going to come do it. Uh, where, where do you think that's going to happen now? So, Because I, honestly, I would be pretty pissed if I was him that that got out.
2: Trying to craft a new image and, and that you came in just to win the job, to win people over, to push off all the narratives from heavy talkers in our business about his immaturity and what he's had to say and how he did react. In the past because it became a, a very large talking point for everybody. Week in, week out. All right, what's this press conference gonna look like this week? Especially if it was a bad game. Uh Miles Garrett, though, has already responded.
0: Which is why this would which is why
2: I'm pissed if I'm Baker Mayfield. Well, we've known he has that type of a- demeanor and that attitude. And for better or for worse, it works for him. <laughs> it does the same for us as well. We'll take it and we'll use it. You know, kind of like, you know, Notre Dame and their coach. We're 17 point underdogs. Yeah. Oh, we're going to use that.
0: We'll take it and we'll
2: use it. Okay. Now Baker Mayfield's like, great. I mean, look, Miles Garrett. Because the Panthers' offensive line, it still isn't really good. No, it's not. Baker Mayfield may get ragdolled like Justin Fields did. <laughs> it's last just, year. it's
0: just a different off. Last year's offensive line was bad. This is just a different offensive line. Different offensive line, slightly better. It may, it, it may be even worse, but at least it's different, so it's okay. <laughs> different five guys. Miles Garrett has also been a guy. You could tell he's itching to get at Baker Mayfield. Oh, there's no question. Yeah, about I mean, it. this is. I don't know that he really needed this. I mean, so look, is this going to help the locker room a little bit? Sure, it will. Hey, here's our first game. We're playing with our backup quarterback. And who knows what the first 11 weeks are going to be like. And we had a lot of prompts. We were excited. Our roster is pretty good. Oh, no, now this gives you a little bit of extra juice going into week one. Because in the NFL, yeah, bulletin board stuff is a pretty big deal. Is bulletin board stuff a big deal in Major League Baseball? No, it's not. All right, bulletin board stuff is not that big a deal. Is bulletin board stuff that big a deal in the NBA? But in the NFL, when everything is physical, and everything is about mentally being strong, and it's about finding energy reserves, when that happens, oh yeah, we're out there. We're out there a little bit sharper. I'm paying a little bit more attention in film this week. It happens. It goes that way. This is why I'm always, I cringe whenever I say, hey, did you hear what so-and-so from the Jets said? Oh, no, what did they say? Like, as much as I love Rex Ryan, every time he would say something, I would go, why would you say that? Why would you do that? Why would you insult the Giants right before you're playing the Giants, and the Giants beat us in a big game, and Victor Cruz had a 99-yard reception, and the Jets never won the rest of the season. Why would you do that? Why would you poke the bear? And Rex Ryan would do it, and I would say, I love his bravado, but stay away from other teams, man. And the Giants even said for that, that big game when Cruz had that 99-yarder, Brandon Jacobs said, oh, he fired us all up by that. Great, thanks, Rex. Way to go. This is going to fire up the Browns, because this is a this is a firing-up thing to say, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to go F them up. All right, Baker, let's see. And not to take this in a direction of where... It Legal things are going to happen, but in the NFL. No, no, no. I I mean, like on the field. Like, do you think it's more than likely that defensive players are going to get all wound up? And if they get a chance. That Baker Mayfield's gonna get a little bit extra on a play, and maybe his ankle gets twisted a little bit more, or he gets hit a little bit later than normal. Cause that's what happens. When you get mad, you can't control yourself in those types of situations. You're mad at this guy. I got, God, I got here just a split second late. It's the middle of third quarter. I haven't hit this guy all game. Boom. And I twist his ankle a little bit. That happens. That happens. I'm gonna twist a little bit more. It happens when this stuff gets out. Again, why if I'm Baker Mayfield? I'm pretty pissed off that this got out. Next
2: level stuff. Keep that pocket clean. <laughs> Everybody's been uh, notif- notified you, by listen, way. Listen, first of all,
0: you've been hanging around Bucky Brooks way too long because you keep talking about clean pockets all the time. You got to keep that. All the time because that's Bucky Brooks. Clean pocket,
2: clean pocket, whatever he's analyzing the guy. Right here, clean pocket, clean pocket, throws downfield. Yeah, I was just going to make the note. Uh, we will be monitoring and reacting to the amazing race this next season because mm-hmm. allegedly Rex Ryan is part of it. How much is he going to race? Is he really going to race? Yeah, but they'll keep him around just long in a bunch of technicalities is just you, to keep him in because it'll be fun.
5: <laughs> be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific.
0: Joining us now on the hotline, after he has just spent the last half hour trying to learn this song on the trumpet, MLB Network, Fox Sports Radio, Insider Extraordinaire. You can follow him on Twitter at John Trumpet Morosi. That's at John Trumpet Morosi. Actually, just at John Morosi. It
6: is John Morosi. What's happening, JP? I'm outstanding, but I understand that there was no trumpet. Song played at the end of this evening's ball game at City Field is that is that accurate?
0: Yes, but he's coming back tomorrow. They've announced is he's he coming. Yeah. Well, it's Degrom. What, how, how, how do you not have him come on Degrom Day anyway? Why would you have him come not when Degrom is pitching when you could have him come the next day?
6: Or, or <laughs> when uh, I I can't recall who it was that pointed this out on uh, on this website that I'm familiar with called Twitter uh, and on this website it said. Perhaps they should have had him show up on a night when they were not playing the Dodgers. Yeah, <laughs> perhaps that would have been advisable. It's good advice.
0: Uh, well, you know, the, I, this life the life of a music star, JP. You know, he's got concerts, he's got things to do. he's got
6: to fit it in. I know, but but they could have said, "Hey, listen, we're trying to find a way for you to for you to arrive on the day when Degrom starts." And he said, "Listen, it seems to be changing." All the time. How can I keep up with when DeGrom's going to pitch? And so uh, what we do know is this. DeGrom is going to pitch tomorrow, and that is our MLB Network showcase game, and I will be there. So I I can't wait. It'll be my second trip to City Field this year. I think that's correct. I've been to a lot of ballparks. That's a great one, and I cannot wait for this scene to witness uh, the Mets' the city field in a year in which they're really playing great baseball. I
2: have to ask the obvious follow-up <laughs> question. Do you have the uh, ability to teleport? You've been at a, a lot of big events, and, and I keep seeing you all. I mean, you're you're hanging out with Otani, you had Judge, you had President Bush. I mean, how, how do we pull this off? He's the Oprah yeah, of I Major in. League Baseball. That's who John Paul's turning uh, into. I'll be honest,
6: I I've had a pretty great month of August. I am sad to see it end because uh, you're right. I got the interview President Bush, got the interview Shoei O'Tani, Aaron Judge. I I've had some pretty great ball games and yeah. great moments. We had a we had a full family minivan trip all the way to New York City and back. I mean, that was also a huge highlight. Oh nice. Uh, the kids are now back in school, that's also a highlight. So, uh, <laughs> there's there's a lot there's a lot of uh, really great things that have happened in August. Uh but I I turned the page to September it's going to be a lot of fun and and uh, you're right it's it's been pretty neat I I'm I'm blessed to have this job at MLB Network a lot of really fun events that I've been around this month Field of Dreams was a lot of fun uh but I I'll, I'll tell you what that game last night if I could spend just a quick moment on that one and I know that judge is at number 51 tonight that last night it, it, they, we've got two players here in the AL MVP conversation who routinely make the game look easy, and it's not. It's really not. This is a really hard game. And so what are the chances that in the series opener between the Yankees and the Angels that both Judge and Ohtani show up and each hits a majestic home run in a one-run game? And Judge saw basically one pitch to hit the whole game and hit it out of the ballpark, with his parents and wife in attendance, of course, in his home state of California. And then he gets another one tonight. It's just he's, he's a special, special player. So is Otani. Uh, I, I know that, that the game of baseball you know, this year, it, it began on a, on a discordant note with the work stoppage. I understand that. But you have to look at the big picture here, and I'm not sure that we've ever had a more unique collection of great players than we have in the game right now. And the game that I saw last night illustrated that, and I believe the game that I'm going to watch tomorrow, Dodgers-Mets, will do the same thing.
0: All right, JP, well, i got two things for you. Number one, I think you should stay in August because September means the Detroit Lions start to play. So stay in August if you can. (laughs) Right.
2: Suddenly. Right.
6: Hey, Michigan uh, will I, pick I, I a quarterback at no, some point man. by the end of the month. <laughs> right. So so l- l- let me back up. Is <laughs> is Goff going to be the quarterback again? Is that correct or is that changed? No,
0: no, no. Jared Goff will be the quarterback again for the Lions. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Okay. He,
6: he's he's the, he's the one player whose name that I know. Okay. And so I'm all in on Jared Goff. That's I'm, that very I'm all in on
0: him cuz I know no, his it's name. good. <laughs> NFL Network insider, John Paul Morosi. Uh, he's the quarterback, right? Uh, the other thing is, JP, I get the season Otani is having. There's no race for MVP. Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge is going to hit over 60 home runs. He's doing it for the Yankees, who are in first place by 100 games. Uh, th- there's no race this year. I mean, because j- if Aaron Judge was Aaron Judge and he played for the Astros, I would say, okay, there's a race. But Aaron Judge has been front and center. And again, 60 home runs is going to be a pretty big deal for him. I think he's kind of got... The the MVP sewn up?
6: Well, a, a couple of things. Uh, and number one, I, I'm a voter this year, so I am purposefully not sure what I'm going to do. Uh, I, I try to really lock in on the last 10 days or so and really start to assemble my information. I don't want to have a preconceived notion and then have to change my mind. So I try to look at things, all the criteria, pretty definitively late in the season. I have been someone who has given bonus credit, if you will, for putting up huge numbers for a contending or playoff team, which, as we know, Aaron Judge is doing, then again, there's only one Otani. So uh, I, I, I will say this. There are two right answers here. I really hope that that we do not see this debate get into a, an, oh, well, if you vote for a judge, that means it's a disrespect to Otani. No, you're basically just giving him one more point. Than the second place vote. So let's let's not get too uh, carried away about what that means in terms of the the balloting. I, I think we've got two extraordinary seasons. Otani is is obviously impacting the game in uh, two different ways, distinct ways, as as a hitter and as a pitcher. With Judge, though, I, I do think this context is important. It's something I'm going to think about the the ability of Judge to play center field. So. Otani, obviously, his defensive contribution is on the mound, and it's significant. But for Judge to play center field matters a lot because the Yankees have not really had a true center fielder on both sides of the ball this season. And, and given the, the shortcomings defensively of, of some of the other outfielders that the Yankees have, he's had to play center field. And I think that that is certainly not as much as hitting more than 50 home runs already but that is part of his value. So I, I I really want to correct anybody who would ever indicate, oh, Judge is a one-dimensional player. He's not. He's playing center field. And, and that is a significant part, at least, in the calculus that I will have.
2: JP, move away from MVP. Let's talk largesse of baseball history. We know numbers matter. Those things that were ingrained in our heads off the back of baseball cards forever. And, well, 61. There's a movie off it. The celebration, Roger Maris, if Judge goes 62, do we ignore those that are higher than that, given all the givens, or because they're still officially in the scorebook, do we still count those and, well, Judge beat Maris, nice season, keep moving, or do we start to acknowledge him as the real one?
6: Yeah, that's a great question. It's one that we're going to debate forever. Um, I, I, I am someone who looks at 61 as being the – authentic single-season record. I realize it's not the single-season record in the book. Uh, I think we can all look at what an aberration that period of time was in the late 90s, early 2000s. I think We all know the reasons why. Um, and and I, I take a step back and say this, that we should celebrate Judge and, and put the full thrust and, and excitement of baseball fans – behind what would be a new American League record and a new Yankees record. And if, if any baseball fan has to be persuaded that the American League record and the Yankees record is a big deal, then I'm not sure where we can go for that discussion because that is a, that is a huge deal. And, and I think anybody who is a discerning observer of the game understands the, the the sort of the secondary and tertiary implications of what that record is and what 61 has always meant. And if he hits 62, the whole world of, of baseball needs to take notice of that and recognize it for what it is, which is the Yankee record, the American League record. We know that for sure. And if you want to then extrapolate that and say, you know what, I, I'm comfortable saying that he is the 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 right and true modern home run king, then – God bless you, and I would, I would love to have that be the way that you viewed it. But it's going to be everybody's own individual spin, which honestly, for the sake of the game, might make it even more interesting, better for discussion. And, and I'll say this, too. Um, it's, it's helpful in terms of our clever accounting here to say that the Yankee record and an American League record, it's helpful, really helpful, that the guy who's chasing this is a Yankee, and is an American League player, because it, it allows us to talk about these records. In other words, if it was somebody from the Phillies, if Ryan Howard had done this, it would have been a big deal, but then we would have had all these different verbal and vocal gymnastics about what it was. No, this is the Yankee record and the American League record, and I think it really uh, becomes pretty darn interesting, and, and I'm, I've been honored to watch Aaron play this season, obviously, as we all have, and, and interviewed him, and he's just a first-class citizen and a great pro and love watching him play. He's great for the game. And and, uh, this chase, I hope, I hope everybody gives this chase the attention and celebration it deserves because Judge is worthy of it, the Yankees are, and the sport is as well.
0: All right, so, so let me put you on the spot here. Fill in the blank for me. At the end of the season, Aaron Judge has blank home runs. How many does he end up
6: with? 64. 64. I like that. Because he's, he's on, right now, he's on pace for 63, I think, as of now. And, and goodness, he seems to be really heating up. I mean, he's been on, he's been on, and I'll say this. The, the reason why I'm, I'm really encouraged by his ability at the 64 is, is he had kind of a little bit of a slump by his own standards, uh, where he had a homer drought, if you will, which is not really a drought, but for him this year it is. He had the drought already. He has come back now homeward in back-to-back games. And in my experience, when someone kind of loses it for a little bit of time and then gets it back, look out, because he's liable to hit eight and ten games. I mean, that's, that's how great he is. So uh, I can't wait, guys. This is, this is an empirically great story for the game. He is a tremendous ambassador for baseball. He has the right perspective on all this. He's just so thoughtful in everything he says and does. I'm a big, big fan of what he does, guys, and this is going to be a lot of fun to watch in September and the early days of October as well.
2: Lastly, really quickly for you, J.P., uh, when you interview Albert Pujols as he approaches 701, ask for a (laughs) bottle of whatever water he's drinking because he has found the fountain of youth. Uh, But... There's no chance he really retires if he's not at 700, does he?
6: Well, here's the thing. I, I'm, I'm going to still take him at his word that he's going to retire. Now, he hasn't necessarily reiterated it to everybody uh, recently that he's definitely, definitely done. I haven't seen that publicly said recently. I still think he is done. He is as, I believe he is as close to retiring now as David Ortiz was. In 2016, when he basically put up an MVP season, so um, I I am of the mind that he's going to retire. But goodness, you, you look at that uh, that Dominican World Baseball Classic team, and maybe he wants to be part of that. And and there are some reasons maybe wants to come back. We saw Ichiro return for a little cameo at, at the beginning of the year. The following season, I, is it possible? Sure, but I I don't think he's going to leave at at this moment I will say this I I mean I should say I I believe he's gonna retire at the end of the season I, I I don't I have not heard yet that he's gonna change his mind I will say this: watching that cardinal game on Sunday night the cardinals have right now the most superstar players of any team in baseball that we broadly care about in the in the game in terms of historically significant legitimate stars who ma- who matter on a really national basis the Cardinals lead the league. Albert, Yachty, Wainwright, Arnado, Goldschmidt. That's, that's an amazing starting five right there. Um, Tommy Edmonds, a fun player. I mean, they've got a really nice-looking team right now. They're pulling away from the Brewers. Uh, neither the Brewers nor Josh Hader have been the same since that trade happened.
0: He's on Twitter at John Morosi. That is at John Morosi, MLB Network Insider Extraordinaire. All right, I have a challenge for you tomorrow, JP, during your broadcast you of the game. Okay, you need to work in Jared Goff's name. Somehow on oh my the air goodness. during the broadcast, right. tomorrow. you <laughs> thought I would give you something easy. To say. You got to say Tom Seaver or Jerry Kuzman. No, no, you got to get Jared Goff into the broadcast tomorrow night. Steal
2: Timmy Trumpet. All right, we will, trumpet.
6: I, I will try for a Howard Johnson reference, but, okay. I, but because he played in Detroit briefly. Okay, but if I'm not sure if i can get a Jared Goff reference.
0: All right, that or steal Timmy Trumpet's trumpet. Either one of those two there things. There you
6: go. And, and if he's coming back tomorrow, I, I may have to interview. Uh, the the, uh, the great musical guest of uh, of uh, Live from Queens, it's it's Wednesday night. I Look love at it.
0: this. John Paul Morosi. His interviews include President George Bush, <laughs> Timmy Trumpet. <laughs> Click on the link below to see everything. JP, as always, buddy, thanks so much. Enjoy the game tomorrow night. Happy DeGrom Eve.
6: All right. My, my pleasure, guys. All the best. Really enjoyed the conversation. Thank
0: you. See you, you JP. Hey, buddy. He's gone. I can't get Jared Goff's name. It's not happening.